It has been two years and 19 days since I last treated a patient. To me, the most important question in physical therapy is why are you here? I will grant that I have an implicit bias in the gravity of that question by having spent most of my prior career as an outpatient physical therapist. Of course, there's also the implicit bias that just comes from the delusion that all of us humans have. But the question may not be the most important to a home health PT or someone in a hospital setting, especially because a therapist went to the patient's home in a home health setting, and there's a lot of patients who didn't go to the, choose to go to the hospital. I digress. Why are you here serves a lot of purposes. Sure, we are required to, or at least should, write patient goals in our notes. And the more skilled and experienced PTs will also take the response to that question and glean a lot of diagnostic information out of it. You're certainly going to get the response, because my knee hurts, plus or minus varying levels of snark depending on the patient personality of the patient. Fundamentally, though, the need for good outcomes is why that question is so very important. A patient comes into my office, sits down, and I say, Hi, I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. I see that you made an appointment for some shoulder pain. Tell me your story. The patient goes on to tell me where the shoulder hurts, what motions are painful, how long it's been going on, etc. I'm certainly listening and taking notes, and I'm even game-planning my evaluation based on some of the things this person is saying. At the end of the story, though, they say, I've already been to a couple PTs, and it never works. One of my friends had to come see you, but I don't know. I don't think PT can fix this. The customer service radar in my head from the last episode goes off. I know right away it's going to be harder to get buy-in from this person. I appreciate the details, and thanks for letting me know that you've gone through this before. That tells me that this issue is probably a little more complicated. I don't, <clears throat> I don't actually believe it's a little more complicated, and I definitely can't tell if it's going to be complicated without combining the history and examination together. Even then, most of the time, complication doesn't reveal its ugly head until a few sessions into an episode of care. I just heard the question, is this the most complicated thing you've ever seen before? Far too many times. No. The answer is always no. I'm an outpatient physical therapist. They walked in under their own power, and we just had a civilized, quiet conversation. This is not the most complicated insert complaint here I've ever seen. Naturally, I'd never say this out loud because that would be bad customer service. It's just that the frequency that that question gets asked means that a lot of people feel like their issue is complicated. So saying to this patient, that tells me that this is probably a little more complicated, validates that internal monologue that's most likely going on. Look, if I have to start at a deficit and baseline trust to get buy-in because of this patient's previous experience, I'm going to pull out the big guns on developing a relationship with this person. So why are you here? The patient frowns. I just told you. My shoulder hurts. I smile. You did, but that's not really why you're here. I want to know how this pain is impacting your life. What's the thing that you really want to do but can't because your shoulder hurts? Oh. Well, I really love tennis, and it's hard to play with this shoulder, I guess. There we go. What he just said gave me something to go on. After completing my examination, I start building a home program for him. I'm not super thrilled with some of the motions your shoulder region is showing me. It's telling me that your follow-through on your swing is using too much of your deltoids for power. Those are the muscles that most people will point to when asked to touch their shoulder. You're leaving the trunk and hips out of the equation. We're going to work on that. See if we can get some power back in your swing and cut the pain at the same time. When you come back, I'm going to ask you what your pain number is because I have to put something in your chart. Other than that, the only purpose pain serves for us is to indicate if something we do makes the pain better or worse. We are no longer going to focus on it. 
Shakespeare instead, focusing on tennis. He sits and thinks for a second before saying, none of the other PTs said that to me. It's interesting, but, I mean, I really want the pain to go away. That first sentence that he said is disheartening to me. It's the entire motivation for this episode. I sigh. I'm going to guess that every session with other PTs was focused on your pain. Well, yeah, that's why I was there. I'm going to pause on this patient's story here for a minute. Frankly, I don't care about a patient's pain. I need a number to write in the chart for the payer as part of their requirements to reimburse me for the visit. Otherwise, pain is meaningless to me. I want to unpack the boldness of that statement. The I don't care about patient's pain, I really don't at all. It's not callous disregard for their pain, though. Their pain is real to them. And while I plan on doing a whole mini-series on what pain is soon, it serves exclusively as a distraction to the origin of my question. Caring about pain is chasing a moving target. In my experience, the location of the pain is almost never the location of the problem. It got the patient to walk, or hopefully walk, in the door to talk to me, and that's pretty close to all I need to know about their pain. Why Are You Here is about understanding the patient's functional ability, interests, and daily life. I need to know what motivates them. It's hard to get buy-in on doing homework. No one wants to do it. It's almost never fun. And more often than not, you, can draw, you can't draw a line between the homework you're doing now and the benefit you'll get from it in the long run. It's akin to child you screaming, Why do I have to learn how to spell when there's a spell check? Then adult you recalling that time that you looked like an idiot when you spelled something incredibly wrong on a piece of paper in front of your boss. Child you will never be able to see far enough into the future to head that off. So if I'm going to assign a patient homework, they need to have a really strong motivator to do it. Back to the story. I'm going to guess that every session with other PTs was focused on your pain. Well, yeah, that's why I was there. To which I responded, was it though? Look, I'm not going to chase your pain around. It's too unpredictable, and to me, pain is what happens after the body compensates a hundred times until the last compensation was just too much and something broke. Now you hurt, but it took a lot of other things going awry before that pain showed up. I'm going to focus on your tennis, and we're going to use your performance as our guide on how we're doing. As we improve your mechanics, I expect that your pain will improve by default. I'll even bet we can get a stronger forehand out of you. Nearly everyone who knows me would agree that I'm an arrogant prick. Some might call me arrogant for claiming that I can prove this guy's tennis game before we even start rehab. For me, this statement's not about arrogance, though. It's about physics. I already know that he isn't using his serratus anterior on his follow-through from my examination. For non-medical professionals, the serratus anterior is the sawtooth-shaped muscle that you'll see on the side of the ribcage on super-ripped shirtless people. It's also nicknamed the boxer's muscle. Hopefully that provides enough context to understand that it's pretty important at creating forward force of the arm. What the nickname won't tell you, though, is that it's also a really important anchor for the arm and shoulder to the rest of the body. If it's not working, the arm is very, very limited in stable connections to the ribcage. To use an analogy, if you take the strongest materials in the world and build a house out of them, but build that house on a peat bog, the house is going to collapse regardless of how strong those materials are. I need a concrete foundation first. It doesn't matter how strong someone's arm and shoulder are, if it doesn't have that strong foundation to attach to, the strength is irrelevant. I'm hedging my bets that the mechanical findings in my examination are the reason this that his shoulder hurts, but I'm pretty confident I'm on the right track. What's more important, though, is I've managed to separate myself from the PT-doesn't-work narrative. It's a temporary separation for sure, but it's a start. 
I've also garnered some excitement for him. This guy likes tennis more than he doesn't like shoulder pain. He didn't tell me that. It's just true for most patients. There's something this pain is blocking him from being able to do that he wants to. Therefore, pain is only a limitation, not a motivation. Two providers, I cannot stress this enough. Chasing pain will guarantee poor outcomes at worst or lead to coincidental dissipation of the pain at best. Focusing on the pain is one of the easiest ways to set yourself up for failure. Even psychosocially, having a patient constantly pay attention to their pain is going to increase it because they're attending to it. Secondarily, even if the pain does start to decrease, it's more often than not a patient will reach a tolerable level of pain and just stop coming in. It's not that they don't think that they can get better, it's just that they had a busy work week, or there's family visiting, or it's a really long commute to the clinic, or any of a million other subconscious blockers that are louder than mild pain is. Therefore, I say, pain is irrelevant. Functional movement patterns are what matters. I find a couple of exercises that, if you squint, look kind of like tennis movements, but are specifically directed at correcting the dysfunctions that I found in the examination. Okay, here's the things I need you to work on. They aren't exactly tennis swings, and then I go on to detail out how they are relate, relatable to tennis in some way. But this is where I see a spark in the patient's eyes, a renewed excitement to get back to tennis, and for me, a fairly strong indicator that this guy is going to be compliant with his home program. It's probably pretty obvious that this is a, this is a success story. He got better and did report that he felt like he was hitting his foreign swings a little harder. I have no idea if it was true or not, but it doesn't really matter. I didn't lie to him. If he uses muscles that he wasn't using before, there's a greater quantity of muscle fibers contributing to a movement than there used to be. Fair chance he had a bit of a stronger swing. What matters is that it was a motivator that got him to participate in the home program I gave him. There's a lot of reasons a patient doesn't get better, but not doing a home program is a really strong predictor of not improving. That's why I say there's no more important question than why are you here. In the next couple of episodes, I'm going to do a mini-series on the nervous system and pain. It'll be a deep dive on why I say with such enthusiasm, I don't care about pain. I'm hoping for non-providers that will give you a new perspective on your body and your sensations. For providers, I'm hoping to demystify chronic pain and give you some tools to cut down on the level of intimidation so many providers cite when trying to treat chronic pain conditions.